Hello, church. Welcome to our church, Village Church. We're delighted that you're here for worship. We also would love for you to be engaged in other ministries in our church, discipleship, mission service. We have youth and children's ministries. I encourage you to go online to thevillagechurch.org to find out all about the different things going on in our church. You'll notice the beautiful flowers here today, and I just want to read about the flowers. They were given from the Birch family, and it just kind of it tells us a little bit about our church and how we care for one another. So Bill Birch shared this statement. Flowers are given in honor of Shirley Birch's parents, Philip and Bessie Lee, who did an excellent job raising three fine women. Bill, thank you and your family for sharing the flowers today and bringing honor to the parents of Shirley. Along with the different activities we have at the church, we know that we're only able to be in the world and do the things that we do because of the gracious gifts that you provide. So we encourage you to give your tithe, your pledge, your offering through the address now listed up on the screen. And also, if you have prayer concerns, you can find a place on the website to bring our prayer concerns. Or if you'd like to talk or write to our senior pastor, Pastor Jack Baca, his information is also on the screen. Missions is core to what we do here at the Village Church. And so I invite you to watch this video from Chaplain Chris Bell, who serves up at Camp Pendleton in the Security Division. Watch. Hello, Village Church. This is Chaplain Chris Bell from the Security and Emergency Services Battalion here on board Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton. And I just want to take a moment to once again thank you for your support to our battalion, uh, our Marines and their families. Um, over the past years, you have been very generous in your prayer support as well as material support to our Marines um, to include Thanksgiving meal boxes that we have passed out to 30 uh, Marine families over the past few years. Um, in addition to that, this past Christmas, uh, you were extremely generous in giving Christmas gift cards for 377 of our Marines. And they were all very appreciative and really quite blown away at your um, generosity and support for them. So thank you very much. Um, I also wanted to take a moment to um, do this as we we're in the age of COVID. Um, I wanted to um, present this to you by, by video um, to show our support for you. Um, this is a plaque that I'll be uh, sending to your church through Bob, um, our contact, Bob Fry. And this plaque has our unit crest with the inscription that says Village Church of Rancho Santa Fe for exceptional support and generosity to our Marines and their families, 2018 to 2020. So again, thank you for your generosity, um, your support, and especially your prayers to our Marines and families. Have a great day. Chaplain Bell, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for the opportunity that we have to engage in supporting our Marines. This is the plaque, you'll see it to outside on Sunday morning if you are here, but also we will have this up and we just cannot thank you enough, Chaplain, for the way in which you serve our Marines. God bless. 
Now, people of God, let us turn together and hear the call to worship. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous together. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Let us worship the Lord.
Join me now in the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life for the glory of your holy name. Amen. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us, Christ rose for us, Christ reigns in power for us, Christ prays for us. Those who are in Christ are new people altogether. The past is finished and gone and everything has become fresh and new. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. And now share signs of Christ's peace with those in your household and with all those whom the Lord places in your path this day and all the days to come. Sit down and 
to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young, to the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and the princes, all who failed and been forgiven, all who dream and all who suffer, all who've loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free, all who follow, all who Kids Village and welcome to your kids message for this morning we're going to continue talking about your word for this month which is kindness and we're going to spend some time learning about your memory verse and how we can show God's kindness to other people so for this morning go ahead and pull out your Bibles at home and turn to Colossians 3 12 and I'm going to read this verse from my Bible here at home it says therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility, gentleness, and patience. There's so many great words in this one verse, and the one that we're focusing on this month is kindness. Something else that we can do to be, really be reminded of kindness is to write this memory verse on a sticky note or on a piece of paper and post it somewhere in our house where we're gonna see it every day, whether that's in your bathroom on the mirror, whether that's in your bedroom against the wall, wherever it is that you feel like you're gonna see it most consistently, go ahead and post it there. Learning memory verses can be hard and it can be a challenge, and we really want this theme of kindness to really sink into our hearts. So that's my encouragement for you all is to write this memory verse down after this kid's message is done and go ahead and post it in your homes where you're going to see it daily. We look forward to seeing all of you back here next week. Bye-bye. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle, glory to the Lord on high. Of water, earth, and sky. The heavens are your tabernacle. 
glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are scriptures say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love endures forever. It is with that affirmation and that confession that we can come before our Heavenly Father with our prayers, our prayers of thanksgiving, our prayers of intercession, with faith, hope, and love. I'll offer a pastoral prayer on our behalf, and then I'll invite us to close with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let us look to God in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, whose mercies are made new each morning, whose faithfulness is great. We give you thanks for you are good, your love endures forever. You alone are worthy of our praises. You alone are to be worshipped. Gathered in every place, you call us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use our voices, inhabit the praises of our hearts, 
speak to our hearts the promises of your love for us, and by the work of your Holy Spirit, transform our lives to be about loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving one another as you have loved us. In your forgiveness and assurance of pardon, you bend our hearts and bind our wills to you. Renew our lives to more and more follow the ways of Jesus Christ. Dear Father in heaven, receive our prayers for those close to our hearts, for loved ones, for ourselves, for those in the household of faith, for strangers, and for the world around us. Bring healing and comfort to so many experiencing loss, who have illnesses, who seek your wholeness in mind, body, and spirit. Whatever amount of struggle one carries, carry the load with us and assure us with your peace so that we may live each day with thanksgiving and joy in our hearts. Heavenly Father, keep us faithful as a congregation to your call in every ministry, through every gathering, that every act may be acts of worship. Help us to serve a fragile world where violence, hurt, death, and the shadow of death are in many places. In this holy season of Lent, accompany us on the journey to the cross and to the victory of Easter's empty tomb. Teach us that you are our God, who blesses us beyond that we can think or imagine, that whether people fulfill us or fail us, you carry us and accompany us in life's journey because of your great and unceasing love for us. Speak to us your word of life to us. Bless Pastor Jan and grant her your divine anointing to proclaim your word. Grant us hearts to receive it and to live it out. Hear and receive all these prayers as we pray using the words that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. A reading from the letter to the Romans. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God had assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Well, today is the first Sunday in our journey in Lent, a time of reflection, a time to think about what distracts us from truly following Jesus. We look at the stories of Jesus, the walk that he walked in order that we might have life and life abundant. We are Easter people. We're people that know both the walk to the cross, but also Resurrection Sunday. And so we live in that grace. During Lent, we often think about what was known to many as the seven deadly sins. St. Augustine started this, not Brad Pitt and the movie Seven. But the sins were something that you saw throughout Scripture. They had to do with pride, envy, greed, sloth, gluttony, wrath, lust. The Scripture that Gary read for us in Romans 12 and also in Matthew, but specifically in Romans 12, have to do with pride, thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. I think the other thing that oftentimes happens with that is envy. If we don't have what somebody else has, we kind of, we like their gift or we want their gift or um, like, I'm better than you because I have this or, Kai, I wish I had that. And I'm thinking right now about the vaccines for COVID that are going out. And a new uh, phenomenon is happening. It's called vaccine envy. And they shared a story about a woman who is uh, 55 years old and her husband is 71. So she did a lot of work so that her husband could get the vaccine. And then she realized that she was very jealous and envious of him because here she'd done all this work. She was really great at doing this. And then he's vaccinated 
and she's not. Now, for those of us who are baby boomers or like my mother-in-law, who's from the greatest generation, it's probably the first time in a really long time where there might be some pride in our age. Uh, we're no longer uh, considered irrelevant because, wow, we're able to get this vaccine. And so I just think about how funny it is that we're at a place where um, even though we're old, we have value. We feel fortunate that we get to have the vaccine and yet we want it for everyone, of course. And I think that one of the things that we look at is what is it that we have? What are the gifts given to us? A great example. I didn't pick the year that I was born, but I'm pretty happy that I was born in a time where I'm eligible to get a vaccine, but that's a gift. See, how do we look at the gifts that we're given? Uh, are we envious? Are we prideful? That's the story for today. Will you join me in prayer as we prepare to dig deeper into the scripture? Gracious and holy God, oh Lord, I lean upon you to help me make your word come alive in a new way, in a way that is helpful, in a way that brings us closer to you, closer to one another, and allows us to see more clearly the call you have on our lives and all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we look at the scripture, and I'm just going to pull up my little Bible here. We've been going through Romans 12, and so thank you all for joining. We talked about prophecy. We talked about um, uh, ministry. These are gifts given. And a couple things as we looked at the scripture today that we see that it is given to us by grace, a grace-given gift. And I think that the Holy Spirit gifts are not for the elite, they're for everyone. They're given to us by grace. That's the God's riches given to us through Christ Jesus. And gender is not important. You look at, um, in, a, in a world, a very patriotic world, you saw women who were in leadership and used by God with the gifts that God had given to them. You see Paul talking to Timothy, don't let anyone put you down because you are young. You are gifted, you are called, this is the Holy Spirit thing. It's not because of the qualifications that you have, it is the gifting, the grace of God by the faith, the faith and believing that the work of Jesus Christ is complete. I have faith that Christ died Rose lives for me and for the whole world. And so we see that God's gifts are to be used for the glory of the kingdom. And Paul wants the people to know, and he's just naming some of the gifts, but these are the gifts given. Don't be prideful. They're not about you or what you have to offer. They're about what God has offered and God has given. And when you have them, it helps unify the body. And if there's something that we seek all the time, it's to be in unity. Isn't it nice that the call of Christ is to unify us with the gifts we have and the diversity that we have? Now, how are gifts given? Again, they're given by grace, not earned. And they're given through faith. When we look at people who are gifted, and today's gift is talking about uh, teachers, 
and those who are gifted in teaching. Now, this is a unique kind of teaching. So I don't know about you, but who influenced your life growing up? Your parents, because they taught you how to ride a bike, or if you were at my e-blast, how to drive the car successfully or not successfully. Um, your coaches, your teachers, they are gifted people in the field. My mother-in-law, who is uh, just turned 101, was sharing with me, and she's a very, very bright person, a very, very good student, geometry vexter. She just couldn't do geometry. And so they brought in a tutor who was a geometry teacher and was excellent at teaching. She got the extra help she needed from somebody who was gifted in teaching geometry. So we see that. We see people who are gifted and, and giving. I have the highest respect for preschool teachers. They actually teach those cute little two to four, five-year-olds running around. I don't know how they do that. And I'm so impressed. It is a gift that they have. Now, so there are gifts that we all have that we use. And, and those who have taught us and influenced us are definitely there. But the gifts that Paul is talking about are the spiritual gifts. They are gifts given by the Holy Spirit. So I think about who are some of your other influencers? Your Sunday school teacher, perhaps, or maybe a youth worker. That person who came into your life and really mentored you and taught you and shared with you. I think about the book Love Does by Bob Goff. And um, Bob is a local person here, a lover of Jesus. And he talks about how he came to Christ. He was a high school student. He went off. He decided he was leaving home and running away. And he went to tell this guy that he had seen at, at youth work at Young Life. And, and the youth worker went with him, was there for him, just showed him that to love Jesus is to be present. That taught Bob Goff more about what it meant to be a Christian than any other time before that. It changed his life forever. And when you're gifted by the Holy Spirit to teach, it's to use that gift to build up the body of Christ for the unity that we want to have and experience in the church. That brings me to our other scripture, the one that we see in Matthew. In Matthew 28, a very, very familiar passage, and I'd like to just review it for you a little bit. So you have Jesus after the resurrection, and he goes to Galilee up to the mountains, and the deacon and the deacons, the disciples, excuse me, follow him. There are 11 of them. They follow him and they worship him. So it's the second time that we see in recent texts where they are worshiping Jesus. And that's what you do when you worship a God. The living God is Jesus. So they go up and they worship him, but some doubted. And then Jesus said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go, and gives us imperative, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember to teach them all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you throughout all time, always to the end of the age. So what does that tell us about our call? 
and what Christ wants us to do. The first thing I think we can look at is the fact that there are 11 disciples, not 12. And if you are a student of scripture, you know that 12 is a very, very important number. It's considered a complete number, a perfect number. In Revelation, it's used 22 times. It's used almost 200 times throughout the Bible. 12 is an essential, important number. And the first thing we do is we start out with this kind of weak 11. There's only 11 of them that go up to the mountain. Only 11 of them that are left. So they're not a complete group. They're not a perfect group. They're not really a ready kind of group that you would think, oh, they've got the 12, they're ready to go. But Jesus calls them and brings them together. And so they come together and they worship him, which is what we always do. We always worship Jesus. But with that as a statement, they worshiped him, but some doubted. 11 not a perfect number. Worshippers, but some who doubted. I don't know about you, but there are times when I have doubted God. I'm sure those times are not over. Times that I struggle, times that I want to know what's going on, times that I just think I believe, help my unbelief. But my doubts and the doubts of the disciples didn't stop Jesus from telling them what he needed them to do. He had a call on their life and he gives them this, as we know it, the great command. Um, and it's um, as he walks them through this, he tells them what he wants to do. So this is the great command or the great commission. And he said, um, all authority has been given to me, so know that, that I can tell you to do this. That I, who embody God, I tell you to go and make disciples. That's evangelize. Go spread that good news of the gospel out to other people. Preach, heal, show up, be there for people. That's some of the best ways that we evangelize. But go out and make disciples. Make more than the 11 that you have here. Go. Now remember, all authority has been given to me. So I'm telling you to go. It's an imperative. And it's the kind of imperative that is ongoing. Not just, okay, go, and then you're done. But go, 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 go. So just keep going. Keep going out there. Keep making disciples. That's what we're called to do. And then baptize them. And here again, he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is that Trinitarian statement that is so essential to our faith. Go and baptize, make disciples, baptize them. And you're going to everyone. Don't be select. Don't be people like me. Don't, don't be people that think the way that I think. Uh, not even in my own country. Go, 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 go everywhere. Go to all nations, all people. We're in a country that has all nations and all people. We are blessed by that. Go and make disciples of all people and baptize them. And then teach all that I've commanded you. Now there's a lot that Jesus taught. We all think of the golden rule, love your neighbor, love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then he would teach a story about that, such as the Good Samaritan. Or he would say, you can never outgive God and, and give the story of the woman who gave her very last penny because she loved the Lord. There's all kinds of teaching. Teach all that I have commanded you. Go out and make disciples, baptize them, and then just don't leave them there. Too often, I think we bring people to Christ and we neglect to disciple them. We neglect to really teach them what they need to know. And Jesus really wants us to do that. And he sends them out, even those who have doubts, I'm sending you out. I want you to go. I want you to be a part of bringing the good news and I'll do it with you because Jesus gives us all the power to do that through him. I think about the Great Commission in this Matthew piece, and I think sometimes we think, well, it's the great um, opinion of Jesus that this is kind of what we should do, or the great omission because we oftentimes don't do it, or we leave it to somebody else to do, or um, maybe it's um, one of those um, things that we think uh, the great option that let's just do any one of those that that maybe we really don't have to do this. But the Great Commission sends all of us out there. He started with the disciples, but it's relevant for us. And when I think about the Romans 12 passage, and when I think about Paul talking to the people that are gathered there, the church there, and he wants them so desperately to put aside anything that would make them think more highly of themselves than they should. They're part of that 11 little group, that incomplete group. It's God that makes us complete. They're part of that little group that probably thought, well, I don't know. I don't know what my gift is, or I don't know if I can be useful. I don't know any of those things. Paul wanted them to know, oh no, I have wonderful things for you. Because I want to share with you, God in his grace, by faith gives you gifts. We've looked at that prophecy, that truthing, as Pastor Neil called it. We've looked at ministry, the serving, the being a part of the world and present and using our gifts and skills in that way. And today we're looking at those who are gifted in teaching. And God will raise up that passion in us to share that gospel with the whole world. What's a gift? What's a privilege? And Jesus ends with this. And remember, I am with you always, all the time, to the end of the age. We don't do ministry in a vacuum by working hard or trying. We allow that Holy Spirit who has gifted us and calls us to go out and to use those gifts. And it's always there. It's there for us. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've now had my second vaccine for COVID-19. I'm, I'm very excited about that. But when I went to have my second shot, and by the way, our family's marching through it and our youngest in our household, who's uh, just over 40, was the first to get his two vaccine. And it's kind of going backwards as we march up to our uh, sweet mother-in-law, who's 101. But when I went and I had my vaccine taken, I asked the question, so tell me, 
how long will this vaccine last? How good is it? And uh, the nurse smiled and said, well, we hope six months, maybe longer. Six months? I'm thinking it lasts six months or even 16 months? Wow, I'm not feeling nearly as secure as I was feeling when you stuck that needle in my arm. And if you look at the science and the history, it really is a good thing. So I want you to all go out and get your vaccine as soon as you can, because that will help bring it down and change the severity of the vaccine uh, or of the uh, virus. But I will say this, when someone says, oh, it's good for this amount of time, I cannot help but think about Jesus. And Jesus didn't say, I'm with you just for a little while. Um, and, I, and then you're on your own. Jesus said, I am with you always, all the time, until the end of the age. Amen. Let us respond to the proclamation of God's word by the affirmation of faith, the words of which will be projected on your screen, in one voice and in one heart. Let us affirm our faith. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example so that we should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Salvation.
in Christ, I pray that as we walk through the season of Lent and we spend some time in reflection that we will think about again and again the presence of God in our lives all the time and that God has gifted us and called us to be a body unified and serving him in all things. And if God has given you the passion to teach the gospel, and to teach and disciple. Don't waste that gift by not using it. Connect with me or with Pastor Jack or Pastor Neil. Be engaged in using whatever gift God has given you and let us help make sure that you have an opportunity to do that. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>